0: Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need, both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you so much for joining us for episode number 97 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and co-CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and today we are taking a look at a complex topic of looking at an LLC versus an S-Corp business structures and talking about the differences, some misconceptions, educating you on all the things LLC versus S-Corp. So. To help me do that, because this topic can go on and on. We could probably do like a four hour course just on this. But Jamie Johnson is joining us and she is going to help educate us all on what we need to know,
1: at least the tip of the iceberg, right? So tip of the iceberg is a very, very good term for this, because this is something that can get real deep, real fast. And so I think it's important, two are very important keys in understanding this. If this applies to you or you think you could, you know, this is something you could use uh, in your business or that you're exploring. So first one is educate yourself, always educate yourself before you go to an advisor, but you also need to find an advisor and talk through because it's really important short-term, long-term, impacts, goals, and um, how you're structuring your business. that can really make sound decisions from the beginning and not reactive decisions later where it costs you more. So find somebody good, but also, like I said, educate yourself in understanding um, the components. We're going to cover everything surface level. So take this with a grain of salt and then apply it how you need to uh, in your business model and with your advisor.
0: So before we get into the the specific questions, when you say advisor, uh, and I'm thinking business structure, is this somebody, like an attorney, or would you go to a CPA or a CFO? Like, could all three of those potentially help you? Do you need all of them? Like, where would you start?
1: Yes, you need all of them. <laughs> First and foremost, yes. A lot of times when things happen, we tend to try and find somebody, which isn't a great time to find a CPA or a lawyer. It's really important upfront to establish those relationships because that's where your foundation is laid, right? So having um, some strategy in how your business structure works, um, the legalities of it, if you have partners, partnership agreement is super duper important um, with with all of this, because that really defines how you're going to handle your business. Because if trouble arises, right, if you're the Titanic and you hit this iceberg, (laughs) uh, (laughs) you definitely need something in place. So that you know and you agree both when you're on the same page, how that is going to be handled. You don't handle something like that as a reactive when trouble arises within your partnership or multi-member you know, LLC, we'll talk about later. So that's that's a really, really important. So legal counsel and knowing what the goal, what the impacts are, like I said, from a legal perspective, from a taxation perspective, from a business perspective, Those, you definitely need a CPA, definitely need a lawyer.
0: Perfect. All right, so let's start off with just defining what is an LLC?
1: Okay, so an LLC stands for a limited liability company. All right, and so there's two ways. You can either have multi-member, which you have a lot of members, right? Right. Or you a single yeah. member, meaning you have one member, okay? And this kind of somewhat takes the sole proprietor uh, model and a partnership model and basically legally protects it. It's basically okay. what you're doing in layman's terms.
0: Okay. So in addition to just defining what exactly an LLC is, we want to talk about some of the bigger misconceptions when it comes to tax an LLC, because... As someone who doesn't know anything about business structures or how that works, it's very overwhelming to think about, like, okay, so if I go from a sole proprietor to an LLC, it would make sense that I just need to file like this new tax return, right? But there's some complexity around that too. And it's not just a straight line, right? Right. That is so. What are some big misconceptions that you see in people? When it comes to okay, I've, been, I've elected an LLC. Now, do my taxes? It should be easy here.
1: Yeah. So the first thing you do when you when you do it, when you organize a business is obviously you have you have to register it from a state level and you have to register it from a federal level. Okay. And so one of the biggest mis so for the the biggest misconception that there is about LLCs is that they are recognized at the federal level. And I hope I didn't just blow your mind <laughs> thinking, <laughs> what in the world do you mean? Um, what I mean is, is that LLCs are at a state level. Okay. And one of the big reasons that LLCs are at a state level is because of the legal protection within those entities. Okay. And a lot of times state law differs from state to state. Okay. Mm, so you okay. have that complexity of it. Okay. So as an LLC, when you go to register with the federal government, they, for taxation purposes, because the four types of business um, in which that you would report your business activity is as a sole proprietor, right, which is a Schedule C or possibly like a Schedule E if like, let's say your LLC owned a bunch of rental properties, right? Mm-hmm. Right, which is on your 1040. So that's one way. Okay. You can file if you're a multi-member LLC, meaning you have two or more members in your LLC. Okay. Your default, let me let me back up. When you file a schedule C or E on your 1040, and it's just you, that's called a single member LLC, of course. And it's just you, okay. And that is on Form 1040, and that can be Schedule C or Schedule E. Primarily, is where you would report your business income. A single member LLC, so one person, defaults naturally as a sole proprietor for taxation purposes. Okay. Okay. But your entity organized as an LLC protects you legally from like your personal assets from your from your business and your personal, okay? All right. So okay. multi-member LLCs default to a partnership return, okay? So then you also have your 1120S, which is your S corporation. And you also have your 1120, which is your C corporation. So you have your four types of ways that you can file your tax returns. And we're talking for profit businesses here, not nonprofit. So if you are a nonprofit person, definitely this is not the podcast for you right now (laughs) on this one. We'll have to do another one. Yes. Full disclosure. So, um, so those are, so, so understanding that that is not a federally um, recognized entity. If you say I'm taxes and LLC, that means nothing. That means absolutely nothing. Okay. So even your state
0: taxes that you're paying, is that different than as an LLC versus sole
1: prop? In most states, no. No. Okay. It's not. So if you filed, so let's say you're a multi member LLC, okay, you would file Form 1065 by default. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then um, you can elect something different, but we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But you would sure. file as a, your default would be a partnership return. And you, if your state requires a business return, it is likely that it will, fi- it files suit and follows the federal like partnership return. Okay. Not sure. all states require a return though. So once again, state to state difference.
0: Okay. Right. Coming back to that disclaimer that we put up front. Yeah. There's a very, very, very complex topic. It's varies from state to state, from individual to individual, from business to business. So again, yeah. Just the tip of the iceberg here. <laughs> like it's not it, there's so much that we could get into. It's, and this is why I feel like I'm like, you know, it's just so overwhelming. You know, you can't it's a can of worms that you open that you're just like, okay, I think I'm understanding this. And then you uncover another layer, you're like, Nope, nope, I'm not understanding this at all.
1: Those worms get out of the can and you can't put <laughs> them <move> back in. <laughs> yeah. No, do put them back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um and one of the one of the biggest things too is 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 the beauty of LLCs, right? Is A lot of times you have national businesses. Um, I will say that if you're going to have international aspects of your business, you know, I would definitely talk with legal counsel, but if you are going to do international more transactions, I probably would not, um, you know, encourage an LLC because it's more, it's state level, you know, and everything. And a lot of times other countries do not recognize an LLC either. So that is one piece. Um, That's why it is very, very, very important that you talk, to lawyer and CPA both and understanding, um, you know, long-term business goals and, you know, how the business is going to grow and what the intention is. So, um, you know, corporations are, when you have international business, it's definitely a whole lot more recognizable entity structure and everything. But that's for another podcast, which I know you all will join us for. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) but LLCs are beautiful in the fact that they're, Convertible, right? So you default, let's say you're a single member LLC and you default as a sole proprietor and you're on Schedule C, okay, and you file your tax return and your business starts out really, really low and has low revenue and you're gaining traction and everything. An S Corp is an absolute great way. It's a great business structure, it has a lot of benefits, um, a lot of taxation benefits. However, You need to be sure that that's an election you want to make. So as an LLC, okay, you can go to the IRS and there's form, it's form 2553. And you can say, I want to be an S-Corp and I want to be taxed as an S-Corp. Okay. Um, I always suggest that you typically, in most cases, it's very common to make a nice clean break from an end of a year. So, like a 1231 2022. And then as a 1 1 2023, you are an S Corp. Because when you get partially your filings and everything else, it can get kind of convoluted and, and shut off and everything else. Okay. So, yeah, so we do have that. So, single member, so you can go through and you could elect to be an S Corp and be taxed as an S Corp. So, you would reap the benefits of all the S Corp benefits to being an S corp. Okay. But you're still an LLC at the state level, of course, and everything. So the taxation is different. Clear as mud.
0: So, you, so after you elect to be an S corp, you remain an LLC at the state level. Mm-hmm. S corp is only just, federal.
1: All that is is, is, is it's a taxation election. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. So LLC is more legal protection. It doesn't really have m- much to do with or anything to do with tax. No, not really. No. Cause you're still filing your taxes the same as you would as. Correct. Without it. Correct.
1: Okay. Correct. Correct. <sighs> but I it's like clear as mud, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we have people like you who enjoy this stuff because it's real confusing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, you know, it's, it is, it can get, it can get really, really confusing. Um, So, you know, one question is, is you might be asking yourself is like, why, when, how, what do we know? Once again, go back to those advisors. Super, Mm -hmm. super, super important for you to um, be very aware and understand. And when you make that election, that that is the right election for you. Because when you do convert into an S-Corp, so how it's different. So let's just say you have, $50,000 $50,000 of net income, okay, when you are a Schedule C, all right, you have to play self-employment taxes on that, okay, right tax return. When you're an S-Corp, okay, that business net income does not pay self-employment taxes. So right here, everybody's going to go, oh, so I can save that in your taxes. Kind of, <laughs> kind of. This is that tip of the iceberg thing. Um, you still, uh, S-Corps have a lot of what's called a reasonable compensation. And so you still have, uh, a lot of things in which that you have to manage a payroll. You have to pay reasonable compensation to yourself. So you can't take no payroll and pass all that through and avoid all the self-employment taxes and never expect to get flagged. Not going to happen. OK. OK. So um, so you do have to take and you do, so you will play self-employment taxes. You will have an employer and employee portion. Obviously, we all know how payroll works. You know, your right. employer pays a little bit. You pay a little bit. It's just sometimes that employers you. Right. In this in this scenario. Mm-hmm. So you are still going to pay employer taxes, but they're now deductible. OK. And it from your flow through, business income that is not subject to self-employment taxes. Okay.
0: But that's not good to do too early. Correct.
1: Yeah. It just doesn't have a lot of benefit because you have to, so when you file and you elect to be an S corp, you're not filing a whole nother return. So now, and then you're going to get a K one and you're going to have to pull that K one into your personal and individual taxes. Okay. You're going to have to run payroll. Um, You know, there's certain bright white line rules around S-Corps. You you have to have a hundred or less fewer uh, shareholders. So you start to get a lot more cost because Mm. a lot more strategy, a lot more structure. Um, You know, once again, the reasonable compensation, understanding all of those particulars about your business. So it's so it's a it's a great business entity. But like I said, it just needs to be done at the right time when's right for you. Because also, if you get into a tangle and it turns out not to be um, the right thing for you, if you revoke your election, so you would go back to being like, in this case, a sole proprietor, Schedule C reporter. And I'm going to use that example because it just kind of feels consistent. You know, hopefully our listeners are following me. But you would default back to the Schedule C as a sole proprietor if you revoke it but you cannot elect an S corp again for five years. So once okay. you revoke, you know, that's why we say the timing is, is really, really important and understanding um, that, that you do that and trigger that at the best time. So.
0: And there's no like magic number, like once your business hits a hundred thousand dollars in revenue, that's the time to convert. Like no. you have to just be working with your advisors and.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say work with your advisors first and foremost. And I know that's kind of the easy out answer. But what I would also say to I mean, some people have thrown around before, like, you know, $50,000 of net income uh, is kind of a good trigger, uh, because it seems to your 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 benefit outweighs your cost kind of at that point in time, but don't use that as a a catch-all just kind of a, a roundabout guideline. Um, so I have heard people have used it that before and such. So, but yeah, I mean, you just, you got to make sure that you have things in place and not only that, but you, when you have employees and maybe it's just you when you start out, but if you intend on growing that business and you bring 10 employees on, you know, we're now into employment law and we're into a different arena So that's another thing, you know, once again, go back to the lawyer and the CPA working together to make sure that you have everything in place, Um, you know, because there is retirement, you know, account advantages of deductibility, there's this, you know, but when you start to have more than just you as employees, you do enter a different arena from a risk standpoint, you know, and, um, medical offering medical benefits, you know, you can't just offer them to one or two people. You have to offer them to everybody. Um, right. so, so things can get, I didn't realize it real fast. <laughs> right.
0: And it sounds like it's a pretty linear, like easy quote unquote Conversion if you're a single-member LLC to mm-hmm. S corp, yeah. What about multi-member?
1: So let's talk multi-member LLC. So this means you have two or more members, right?
0: Multi-member
1: right. hints that. So I hope you're following that.
0: <laughs> uh, that that I can follow. Yes. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> I got that. We're 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 good so far.
1: So when you organize as a multi-member LLC, obviously you have got two or more parties involved, and this is where things can get really, 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 really tricky um, because now we've got a whole, you know, it's not just one person, their thoughts, their game plan, their mm-hmm. business entity. You now have two or more people involved. So typically it's very wise to make that election as an corp or a C corp right away without doing the whole partnership default okay Um, once again I feel like I'm saying this for the 18th time in the podcast make sure that you are talking to legal counsel and your CPA that was super 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 important understanding the now and the future as well and where you guys want to go so Um, those are really, really, really important. So typically, you know, we would more likely advise for that to be a very heavy uh, looked at option when we are forming a multi-member LLC, okay? Okay.
0: So I think (laughs) what I'm hearing from this whole topic is, understand. And I think this conversation is good because it just kind of gives some insight into why it's so important you talk to the right people, because there's so many different levers that that can be on or off for your situation that it's like it, there's no one size fits all. And it's so open ended that it's almost like a choose your own adventure book where one person reading it can end up at a completely different ending than the other person reading it (laughs) based on what you chose. So just understanding how complex these things are and where you are, where you're located. What state are you in? You know, because that's going to have some input into these decisions as well. So beyond that, <laughs> is there any other advice that you would give to our listeners as we wrap up today's episode?
1: Yeah, so one thing I would say is is one of the, this is why well, I feel like it's, now it's the nineteenth time um, that I <laughs> say this. Like, make sure that you have a CBA and you have legal counsel because it's really, really, really important. But under for this from the CPA perspective too, like the S corp has a lot of bright white line rules. So you know, like you can only have hundred members, and so S corporation shareholders must be individuals specific trusts or estates, or it could possibly have some tax exempt organizations. Okay. So other businesses can't be a shareholder in an S corp. Okay. And so understanding all of that, because a lot of people like to do, they like to blanket cover this business with that business with this business. So you have to understand to, you know, with that bright white line rule, another big thing, and it's a growing complexity of, Within partnerships, S corps um, is is your basis, right? Basis is a big deal, especially in S corps. So um, let's say let's say your uncle funded your business fifty thousand dollars to start up and and to do all of that. So you have a loan, due, you know, due to Uncle Harry, all right, for fifty thousand dollars, okay. Mm-hmm. Versus a loan from yourself, let's say you go get a second mortgage on your house and you fund your business yourself, okay? Mm -hmm. Money directly from you increases your basis in your business, okay? But money from Uncle Harry straight into the business does not increase your basis, okay? And you go, why does that matter, Jamie? Why why does it matter? Because if you have a $25,000 loss in your business from Uncle Harry's money, you don't get to deduct any of it because you don't have any basis. Mm -hmm. Okay? Okay. Whereas if you fund it and you have basis, you have $50,000 of basis, right? Because Mm -hmm. you went and got a second mortgage on your house to fund your business and it came directly from you. Okay? Right. Now your basis is $50,000. You have a $25,000 loss. You now have a $25,000 basis. Okay? So you're able to reduce your taxable income okay by $25,000. So, I've seen some pickles <laughs> of some situations in which that somebody else has funded um you know, a loan to help the business stay afloat or money's come from somewhere else. If it's not, you have to create, you know, what's that that's called debt basis. So, once again, very very important that you have the right people on your team that you can talk through how to structure various things like that like do you get money from uncle harry or does uncle harry pay you in which that you contribute that into so does he loan you the money versus the business the money so there are ways but it's just knowing and making sure that the right people you have on your team, your advisory team is leading you in the right direction because it could be major repercussions later. If not.
0: Okay. So that's, that's why, that's why it's important because as an LLC, if you have borrowed money, you could deduct that still versus as an S corp, you can't. Yeah, so if you're,
1: still, a- if you're a sole proprietor and uh-huh. If you're a sole proprietor and you have a $25,000 loss, you have a $25,000 loss.
0: It doesn't matter. You don't have basis rules as a sole proprietor.
1: And let me be say that if you have non-deductible losses, so if you don't have basis to take those losses as an S-Corp, they do carry forward. And I believe it's still 20 years.
0: Can you say that again?
1: Just so if you, so let's say you have $25,000 loss and you're an S-Corp. You're elected as uh-huh. an S-Corp. Okay and you have no basis to take those losses, Uh huh. okay? You can carry, those are what's called suspended losses, and so they carry forward. And I believe the last time I looked, carry forward laws were 20 years. So for the next 20 years, you can carry forward that loss. So let's say the next year, okay, you made mm-hmm. $50,000, okay? So your basis just went up by 50000 but then you have this suspended loss of twenty five thousand. It's going to reduce your net income and let you deduct it that year.
0: So it lets you. So even if you didn't have basis in a prior year, you can carry it forward so that if you do build up basis, you could deduct it off of a future. You your
1: suspended losses. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it kind of nets the two over time.
0: Yeah. Now I feel like we're getting it into worked. a completely really different topic of basis that I don't know anything
1: about. <laughs> like, although I don't know if you want to the podcast topic. <laughs> That's what be really really fun.
0: <laughs> how many podcast episodes do I have to do with CPAs before I become an honorary CPA? That's my question. <laughs> oh. um, do they give licenses at like 500 episodes or like how many hours? setting off the truth, right? All right. So we've talked about how important it is. I'm going to say it one last time. I promise this is the last time. How important it is to talk to your advisors, how important it is to just know that you probably don't know the questions to ask. (laughs) And hopefully this podcast has helped you a little bit as far as, you know, even knowing that there's such a thing as basis, which join the club if You know, you didn't know what that was. Um, But Jamie, as we wrap up here, anything you want to give our listeners before we uh, wrap this episode?
1: Uh If you have any questions, reach out. Like if you really need to do some strategic planning, um, we really love to partner with businesses. We love to look at their goals and look at what they have and really build on that for them. And, uh, there's a lot of freedom to be gained and there's a lot of value and, um, to be gained, uh, from a lot of strategic planning. And this really goes hand in hand with really the heart of our business and what we love to do because we love to build the business the way that you intended it to to be built and to do that in the best advantageous financial way possible. So if you have questions or you feel like this really applies to you, you feel like you're a growing business and you need to make some changes, um, it's so important to have those conversations timely versus being reactive and understanding that Holy cow, I made a lot of bad decisions and I didn't even realize it um, earlier on. So it's always worth a conversation. I love having conversations with people just on, you know, what their business models are and 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 how they work and how they can work for them better. You know, um, that's that's really the heart of what we do. And I know we call ourselves virtual CFOs and everything, but we really we're very relational. We're very intentional and we want your goals and we want you to help you get them. Um and but just really building your wealth, building your business is is really at the heart of, of what we want for your business. So if this is you and you do want to explore these um, strategic options a little bit more and look at them more in depth, definitely not everything we can capture in a podcast. We would love to talk to you. So
0: perfect. And if you're interested in doing that, we do offer a one-hour free discovery call. You can find us at pjscpas.com forward slash contact. Book it right there. We make it real easy. There's a calendar. You can just find the best time that works for you. So can I say one more thing,
1: Megan? It's so important. Even if you don't go, even if you choose that maybe we aren't the right fit for you, which we are not for everybody, if you do do the discovery call, it really... Um, challenges you to kind of think differently about your business and to think about things futuristically and to understand changes that need to be made. It just honestly makes you a better business owner. Like I said, we literally love having those conversations with people and understanding where they want to go and and helping them better their business. So, uh, So worth your time. Very well said.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time.
1: This has been another episode of the Cultivating
0: Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.